Round three here on the Fantasy Champion Show, a do-or-die edition, semi-final edition. We're presented by North End Subaru and Mazda. Their website is buynorthend.com. All their holiday specials, well, they have specials really all year long down there in Lunenburg. Check it out at buynorthend.com. I'm Nick Anastas, and with Ryan Stores, we are... What, doing our thing as usual here on ESPN New Hampshire? Tune in in ESPNNHradio.com. Coming up, we'll finish up the schedule. We'll get into our sleeper picks, and then we will wish you well going off into week 15. Let's pick up with the 1 o'clock schedule where we left off. How about the Bills and Cleveland? Buffalo alive, barely. They've got the IV in the arm at 6-7, and seven, but they are playing a team that hasn't won a game all year in Cleveland Bills are giving 10.5. This one is in Buffalo, second of three straight at home, over under low of 41. Browns and Bills, I'll let Ryan start it off. Go ahead. Oh, the Browns, I mean, I think that we've seen the Bills have been able to, um, have been allowing some some points on offense. Uh, so you, you got to figure that uh, at least Correll is going to be a flex, and maybe Coleman and Pryor are flex. I don't, I don't really them anything above that but you got to figure there's going to be some opportunity for them to uh to possibly get in the end zone there not touching the quarterback situation in cleveland but you figure the corral the, the bell cow there can definitely get some momentum going and you look at a couple of those wide receivers maybe more prior than coleman coleman was was hot in the beginning of the year and, and got hurt but uh like i said there could be some some, some chances there uh and like you mentioned the, the, the bills are just they're, they're holding on so they got a, they got a chance so you, you hope that's one of those teams that if you own any of those players, you can go ahead and start them. And obviously, it's a good matchup, but against a team that hasn't won a game. So you got to trust McCoy. He's been playing great this year. Sammy Watkins has been doing pretty well ever since he came back from that injury. Um, and Tyrod Taylor, you figure, is going to have a lot of opportunities in this game. So if you own those three players, I think they're definitely start where they get a pretty good matchup here against Cleveland. Yeah, I agree. And my boy, Mike Gillisley, still kind of hanging around in the background, officially declared this week as the goal line back. Right. Uh, that's kind of been the unofficial role of him, although he's he's active all all over the place. Change of pace, third down, and big enough as we see to handle around the three, four, or five yard line. Um, doesn't get enough work though. I think with Shady on the field to warrant a start, even though the matchup is good against Cleveland. Next up, your Philadelphia Eagles on the road at the Baltimore Ravens. Be more giving six over under is forty and a half. Well, we talked about Anquan Bolden being one of my favorite players in the league. The other one is just as old, and that's Steve Smith Sr. Uh, I don't know if if they by accident left a hot mic down there on the sidelines last Monday night against New England, but I mean, this guy was yelling at his own coaches after a big catch in the fourth quarter saying, give me the GD ball. That's how fiery this guy is. I like him here in this matchup. I know he's been up and down. He's been injured here and there, but he is still good and productive as ever, and I think uh, they're going to make it a point of emphasis to get him the football. Meanwhile, on the other side, Mike Wallace for the Ravens has been rock-solid consistent with that floor of about 60 yards now five weeks in a row. Hasn't found the end zone, though, since week number nine. I think maybe he's, uh, he's due for a big play in this one as well. Joe Flacco, I'm all set. I know they throw 45, 50, 55 times, but, uh, and he's gone over well over 300 yards in the last two. I think it's a more balanced approach this time around with the emergence of Kenneth Dixon, who I think is probably 
a running back two this week because of the matchup on the other side with with Ryan's Eagles. It's it's kind of falling apart here for Carson Wentz over over the last few weeks and. You know, the offense has kind of sagged with him. Darren Sproles is out. Jordan Matthews still nursing an injury. You got Ryan Matthews, but he's too inconsistent, I think, to, to be a flex start. Anything I'm missing there with the with either team here, the Eagles or the Ravens, Ryan? Well, these are two teams, again, uh, I guess the Ravens more than the Eagles, obviously, still have a playoff chance here. Uh, Ravens could step, uh, definitely still win the division, so they got a lot to play for. Uh, but I'd like you, like you mentioned, I like the, the running backs more than the wide receivers here, uh, for, for the, uh, for the Ravens. I think Kenneth Dixon's been getting a lot more involved. I think he's the future there in Baltimore. So I think he's going to be the, uh, the, uh, the featured back here in this game. So I like him as a flex. Obviously, Flacco were sitting in the wide receivers. I, I just don't really trust anybody besides, you know, Steve Smith to get, to get open in that secondary that is definitely vulnerable at times. But behind Steve Smith, I don't see much. And the Eagles, obviously, there's not much there. I mean, I think the one, player that is definitely um, start-worthy is the tight end, Zach Ertz, who's been uh, very productive these last few weeks and getting a lot of targets, so I think that continues. Jordan Matthews, maybe because uh, of, the, of the targets there, he's still battling an ankle, so he's not completely 100%, but definitely an option there. In the running back situation, we, we touched on it earlier um, with, with Sproles out and Smallwood not playing. Matthews just has been too inconsistent this year, so I don't really trust that as well. Yep. All right, final 1 o'clock game here on the slate is Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. Rivalry game. Steelers certainly in the hunt in the north. They are giving three and a half. Over-under is 44 and a half. Cincy decimated by injuries. The one guy I still like there is Jeremy Hill, who's got the backfield carries to himself. Dalton maybe, maybe a low-end quarterback one here, but but I think there's better options. Nothing really outside A.J. Green, who's, again, doubtful and probably not going to go on the outside. LaFell does not get enough work, although he had a big game against the Birds two weeks ago, five catches, 95 and a touch, followed that up last week in a juicy matchup at Cleveland with just three for 22. Can't trust LaFell there. Hill, and that's it, I think, for the Bengals. On the other side, Le'Veon Bell, wow, what he did last week, wow. Uh, one one game is almost single handedly outscored some of the low scoring teams by himself with the uh, with the nearly three hundred yards and um, and three touchdowns against the Bills. Does he follow that up? I don't know, but you can count on him getting some serious production again this week. That's a no brainer. Roethlisberger, I like here as a low end one. You got to obviously go with Antonio Brown as well. And well, is there another sneaky name? A sneaky name? I don't know. I don't see it. I mean, Ladarius Green, sure. Since he's come back onto the scene after missing the majority of the year, the first nine weeks, he's been okay. Only two for 25 last week against that follows up uh, a big game against the Giants week 13. Six catches, 110 yards, and a touchdown. So I think Green is kind of a gamble at the tight end spot, but you still love Bell, Roethlisberger, and Brown. Anything else I'm missing there? Yeah, I, I, I like I like Green and in, uh, in the if you're searching for tight ends, I think he's definitely an option and startable there. I think he's got a good opportunity against the Bengals and the other tight end too. I don't yep. I'm not sure if you mentioned him. Yeah, I heard. Uh, yeah, I forgot him. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely star worthy. Uh, should have plenty of opportunities there. He's been uh, getting in the end zone week to week. It seems like so that's definitely uh, star worthy tight end as well. Yeah, yeah, and he's a big body in the red zone. Three touchdowns, four touchdowns last three games, including two. Last week, how did I miss Big Tyler? I guess I've uh, been accustomed to him being hurt. 
All right, next up, 4 o'clock schedule, and there's four of them. Arizona is hosting New Orleans, and I think there's a lot of points in this one. So do the bookies. 50-and-a-half is the OU with Arizona home favorites, minus three. Ryan, go ahead. Uh, well, uh, one name that pops out that should have uh, a good game, hopefully, is going to be uh, Michael Thomas. He's been out, or he was out last week. Uh, couldn't go kind of a game-time decision there, but uh, he was uh, getting all the targets uh, up until that point. So we hope he can ba- uh, bounce back there. Tough matchup, obviously. Probably Peterson, uh, Patrick Peterson's going to be on him. So uh, a little, um, little weary about that one, but I think it's definitely a good opportunity for him. Um, I think the Cardinals can stop the run. Obviously, Ingram is, seems like he has an amazing game one week, and you don't hear from him one week, so he's kind of inconsistent. So I'm a little bit uh, rocky on the running back situation there. Um, but I like I like Thomas uh, on that side. And then, and then with um, the Cardinals, I think, obviously, no matter what, you've got to start David Johnson. He's been the most productive running back in, in fantasy, so he gets he gets all the touches. He's on the field, um, you know, seems like 100% of the time on the offense. He's, he doesn't take many breaks, so he's going to be starting there. And other than that, I mean, I guess this, uh, Fitzgerald, obviously Michael Floyd got released this week and now picked up by the, uh, by the Patriots. So maybe you think J.J. Nelson might be popping back in the end zone. He's had a couple of uh, opportunities this, this year, and maybe it opens up for him a little bit more with, with, uh, with an open slot there. But obviously the normal's there, uh, but maybe monitor that wide receiver situation in Arizona. Yeah, and we got to mention Drew Brees and his recent struggles. Has not thrown a touchdown pass in two weeks. Three interceptions in each of the last two games against Detroit and Tampa. Just not on the right page, seemingly, with, with some of his guys. But he's back indoors. I know it's on the road, but but I think he's got something to prove this week uh, with his team season really hanging in the balance. Go ahead and start Breeze with confidence. Still has the resume this year to warrant a start, despite, I think, the the, uh, the last two struggles. And you're right, it's back to a timeshare, I think, with Hightower and Ingram in that Saints backfield. So we will see. All right, San Francisco trying to play spoiler against Atlanta. A lot of injuries in this one. Falcons are big favorites, giving 11 with an over-under of five and a half. Anyone outside of Carlos Hyde trustworthy for San Francisco, Ryan? I don't think so, but what do you think? No. Yeah, <laughs> it's, that, it's that simple. We've seen Kaepernick in flashes, but uh, not not in a playoff game. No way am I going right. with Colin Kaepernick this season. Um, and then, you know, we talked about with Atlanta. You know, Julio Jones down, no problem. Go ahead and pencil in Gabriel on the big play. Go ahead and enroll with either back and go ahead and roll with Matt Ryan. Um, pretty straightforward there against a juicy matchup on paper. I don't see any reason to keep dwelling on this game unless I'm missing something here. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, obviously the obvious names with Jones out, we talked about how Gabriel has been taking advantage of that. Um, I like both the running backs. I think Freeman and Coleman. I mean, this is one of those we talk about a week to week. Whoever plays the 49ers, there's a lot of green lights on the other side. I would even go as far as saying maybe start that Falcons defense uh, against that 49ers offense that really hasn't been doing much this year. They don't have and many targets out there to go to, and it's just a uh, sometimes a sad team to watch. So I think if you're looking for a streaming defense in the playoffs that may be able to get you some extra points, uh, look at the Falcons' defense, and obviously uh, their main go-tos, Matt Ryan, Freeman, Coleman, uh, and Gabriel has been that, uh, that, that star we've been watching here. You're listening to the Fantasy Champion Show here on ESPN New Hampshire. We're presented by North End Subaru and Mazda. Another 425 game, Oakland at San Diego. This should be a good one. Despite the records, Raiders are only giving three. 
The over-under is 49-and-a-half. Oakland has had 10 days to kind of dwell on that loss on Thursday night a couple of weeks back. And San Diego, we know they can score, but can they win in the fourth quarter? That's really been the difference between these two teams has been the final five, six minutes. Let's start with Oakland. We both love Latavius Murray. We've talked about it all season long. He's he's conquered that committee that, that was, I think, kind of handcuffing him early on in the season. He's now officially a top 10 back, at least in most leagues. He's been putting up double-digit fantasy games, what, now three, four, five weeks in a row, uh, depending on the scoring. I think he's, he's one of the few backs now that you can really trust to get you 18, 19, 20 carries and find the end zone with that big body, that big frame. I think Derek Carr probably bounces back. Teams have been able to carve up the San Diego secondary, and I think Carr gets back on trap with this matchup. Both Cooper and Crabtree acquired a, year, a week ago and both dealing with some injuries, but I think if they suit up, you got to start them. They're, they're top 15, top 12 options at the position. And uh, IDP heads already know about Khalil Mack, so we'll leave that alone. On the other side, San Diego, I, I like Rivers here. I know that's probably a low-end quarterback one with, with maybe a high ceiling if they can get going against the Raiders, who have been susceptible against the pass. Dontrell Inman resurfaced on the radar last week, 71 in a touch. He's now scored three straight games, uh, or has scored in three straight games, has found the end zone ever since their bye week in week 11. So outside of that, I don't know. I mean, we talked on Kenneth Farrow, maybe a pretty good handcuff at this point and probably a plug-and-play for Gordon owners after he went down with an injury. And he's still available in 47% of leagues, so it's not too late maybe to sign Kenneth Farrow and and pop him in at the flex. Your thoughts? Yeah, we we feel that uh, Twitter question is, uh, you know, obviously – I uh, still feel the same about that. I think just it's sheer workload, uh, he's definitely an option there. I like the wide receivers. You mentioned Inman. Uh, Tyrell Williams has got a really good safe floor uh, of at least uh, six or seven targets, uh, and he does find his way in the end zone uh, normally on a, on a pretty long pass, too. So I think he's definitely an option there. Uh, Rivers has struggled a little bit, so, but I think he's still, uh, with this defense that's vulnerable, uh, that he's definitely start-worthy there as well. Um, and he'll touch back quick with Murray. Obviously, we we were frustrated owners in the beginning of the year because of that timeshare that was going on, but it seems like he's definitely the bell cow there now, and he's been getting uh, a lot of the production, so you got to trust him moving forward. And I do like both those wide receivers. I think uh, you mentioned Cooper and Crabtree uh, should be healthy and, and good to go uh, and have a lot of options against the Chargers. All right, this could be the, day, the, the game of the day. At least it is up here in New England. The Patriots on the road at Denver. It's always, always a good football game between those two, especially in Denver. Uh, what is the line? That is a question that I'm about to answer. Denver is home dogs. Pat's giving three and a half. Over under is 44. Uh, Michael Floyd, he's going to travel, or he's out there, I guess, but but probably not going to be a significant player if he does indeed even suit up uh, after being claimed, what, just just uh, midweek, or I guess on Thursday. It's probably a wait and see, but, but yeah, go ahead and stash him. He's another big red zone target. Uh, does Butler uh, or Hogan or any of these guys, these so-called role players, are they start-worthy? Again, no Gronkowski. Uh, Bennett certainly is. We saw him get back on track, still dealing with injuries. Blunt, probably a running back two this week because of the tough front seven on the other side. You're obviously going to go ahead and start Tom Brady. 
Edelman seems like he's starting to get a little healthier. Malcolm Mitchell getting more balls thrown his way in the red zone. And then the two small backs have really kind of eaten each other, so to speak. Really have, have, I don't know, split playing time. That's James White, obviously, and uh, and Deion Lewis. So roll, roll of the dice, I think, as a flex with either of those guys. And then on the other side, Denver, they, they've kind of struggled. They've, they've had Trevor Simeon in and out of the lineup the last few weeks. Had a big game uh, in his return from injury last week at Tennessee, 334 yards, found the end zone. He's now thrown over 300 yards in his last two starts, each of his last two starts. That's after only throwing for 300 once in the first 10. So they're, I think, trusting him a little bit, taking the training wheels off. Maybe there's some plays for Emmanuel Sanders. Maybe there's some plays for Demarius Thomas in this game. I think those are kind of roll-of-the-dice guys, but but probably flex-worthy in this one at home for Denver. Anything I'm missing here uh, for either team here, Broncos or Patriots? Yeah, I think the big storyline here is um, the absence of the Denver run game. It seems like, especially this matchup happens every single year, it seems like, and it's uh, uh, usually the, the most talked-about game of the year. And this year it just kind of seems like the, the Denver's going one way and the Patriots are going the other. Um, and, and, and it's the lack of the running game for Denver, where it's usually that's their, their strong point, mm. um, you know, run first, set up the pass. But uh, we've seen, um, you know, Devontae Booker uh, just not play as well as we thought he was going to. I was really high on him in the beginning of the year. He's had some fumbling issues. He's a little bit banged up, and he just hasn't been productive. So I think that's uh, a surprising stat uh, of this of this matchup. Is I think I think they miss they miss C.J. Anderson, and you you, yeah. you know I mean this was the time last year where he really got going, and two years ago again uh, when they won the Super Bowl. You know I mean it's uh, or well last year they won the Super Bowl, but that was a big reason. Uh, in the last two postseasons was his ability to run the football, and that's all connected up front, as we know. But I think the main thing is they don't trust the rookie because of the fumbling issues, and, and you touched on that in Devontae Booker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So stay away from the running back situation. I think if you're going to get any production fantasy-wise out of the, of the Broncos, it, you figure they're going to be passing a lot in this game. And we see Simeon Kin throw the ball around the, around the yard there, so I think Thomas and Sanders are definitely start-worthy. Um, but other than that, you're not really touching any of the, of the Broncos. And obviously, your your your, um, your normal names. I think Blunt. Uh, you saw how productive he is when they need him. When they need to close out games, they just give it to Blunt. And he plows over people, gets in the red zone, gets in the end zone. Uh, so I think he's definitely start worthy. You start Brady. Uh, and the Patriots wide receiver situation will be something to something to watch there. Hogan's obviously seems like he's an emerging star. See if that continues. And obviously with uh, Gronk out, I think you definitely go ahead and start Bennett as well at tight end. All right, the Sunday night game. That'll be heard tonight here on ESPN New Hampshire. The Cowboys and the Bucks. This one in the Big D. Dallas giving seven. I think that's high. 47 is the over-under. I mean, Tampa's been on a roll. they got Doug Martin running the ball very well. Uh, he's been over 20 catches now and th- 20 carries in three of his last four games. And they are really, I think, leaning on him down the stretch. Meanwhile, Jameis coming into his own and really starting to figure things out, I think, in week two. had I don't know, he didn't have to really do a lot last week against New Orleans, and, and the numbers, I think, reflected that under 200 yards for the first time since week eight. But if this turns into a shootout, and it could, I think, Jameis might be in for a big day, maybe a, a low-end quarterback one. I love Doug Martin as a running back one in this one, and obviously you still got a pencil in Mike Evans' no matter what. On the Dallas side, 
First of all, we got to shout out Sean Lee. I was raving about him during the game last week. 18 tackles for Mr. Sean Lee. Uh, IDP heads already know this, but but I got to show love where it's warranted. Ezekiel, uh, what, he go over 100 last week, right? Or, or no? Yeah, I did. 107. And, uh, you know, he's just an absolute monster in the hunt for MVP. Uh, you know, Dak, little up and down here. He's been under 200 yards now for three straight games. Uh, what once was seemingly a must-start for the rookie has now become really kind of a roll of the dice here. I'd probably wait and see until he gets back on track there with Dak. And then, obviously, the big name on the outside, Big 88, you got to go with as well. Uh, any names are missing either way in the Sunday night matchup there, Tampa at Dallas? Uh, no, I, I like uh, I like Tampa Bay um, as far as fantasy goes. they got a lot of flex options and start-worthy wide receivers like Mike Evans. Um, even their tight end, Cameron Britt, seems like he be getting involved. Uh, that's a name that we didn't mention. I like Winston, like you said. I think he's going to have a lot of opportunities here. Uh, and, yeah, to echo your uh, points on, on Dak, I I kind of saw it coming, maybe just because I'm just such a Cowboys hater, but I, I kind of saw a little bit of a going down to the reality here for Prescott. He's struggled the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think it continues. This is a, a big game for the Buccaneers, so I think they're going to be ramped up for it on a, on a primetime um, show here tonight. So I don't really like that back Prescott, but obviously you, you trust uh, Elliott to get it done, and uh, obviously you're going to start Des Bryant as well. Mm. All right, finally, Monday Night Football, and that will also be heard on ESPN New Hampshire Tomorrow night, beginning at 7.45, the Carolina Panthers are taking on the Washington Redskins. This one is in D.C. Skins are giving six, a high over-under of 51. I guess I'll start here with Washington. I like Kirk Cousins. I like Deshaun Jackson, even though he's uh, high risk, high reward. Your boy, Robert Kelly, has been great. And Pierre Garçon has kind of built in enough of a floor, I think, to become flex worthy crowder i think despite the fact he's he's a top 10 receiver on the season has been kind of touchdown heavy and has not seen the football thrown his way that much over the last two weeks just five combined catches for 80 combined yards so that's that's more of a riskier play than it may appear on paper and for the panthers uh it's tough to read them it really is uh you know cam newton looks great one week and and so-so the next. The only consistent option, really, is Greg Olson. I like Stewart still, but but he's been kind of contained the last couple of weeks, and really four out of the last five. He's only gone over 66 yards once in four of the last five. And same thing with Benjamin. Uh, he's, he's built in some big games, but, but has been quiet the last two weeks, just three combined catches. So I think there's a lot of red flags on the Carolina side, Washington at home, big favorites against a susceptible secondary. I like the Skins to uh, score some points here and and maybe win you a semifinal game as a result on Monday night. Your thoughts? Yeah, I'll touch on Deshaun Jackson quickly. Kind of a streaky option, but he's been he's been the one that's been getting more of the targets and obviously big long touchdown. And we saw last week, I think it was a seventy nine yarder uh, against the Eagles. Um, so. Definitely, he can start um, and, and, and do well. I think, like you mentioned, uh, Jamison Crowder's numbers have been going down a little bit, and Jackson's been going up. Uh, you like Rob Kelly as a, as a flex option, uh, and obviously Kirk Cousins can start. Uh, you can start in this game as well. The interesting, and maybe I'm creating my own storyline here, but uh, Josh Norman going up against uh, Calvin Benjamin's former teammate. Uh, you know how fiery and, and melty Josh Norman can be. It'll be interesting to see. Uh, if he completely shuts his old teammate down, if there's any words exchanged there, 
so I, I'm not a big fan of ben, Benjamin this week or, or Ted Ginn. I think they can uh, shut them down. But a lot of options and a lot of uh, uh, you know good plays uh, available for all the wide receivers uh, for uh, for Washington because that, that Carolina secondary is not very good, uh, and it's because their best player now plays for the Redskins. All right, sleeper time here on the Fantasy Champion Show. Sleeper A and B from Ryan. I'll bring in sleeper C. Go ahead, Ryan. Sleeper A. Well, I just got uh, some news that just came by, and it looks like that um, Adrian Peterson is going to start uh, or at least play this week. Um, but I'm still going to go with my sleeper, which is going to be Matt Asiata, mm. um, because I just still think if even if Peterson goes, I don't know how much they're going to use him. And I think in a goal line situation, you can get Asiata uh, in the end zone. Um, you know, I just don't think that Peterson's going to have all the uh, all the attention there. And if he does come back and play, he's probably going to be on a snap count. So go ahead and pencil in Asiata as a sleeper A. And sleeper B, I'm going to go pretty pretty far out there as a tight end. Uh, I'm going to go with Jason, uh, Jason Witten, the old the old trusty Jason Witten. He's been up and down this year, but I think it's a pretty good matchup uh, against Tampa Bay. Uh, some options, um, definitely some uh, availability for him there. So sleeper B is going to be Jason Witten. All right, sleeper C, and I'm going to show some love to a guy who has been under siege, and I think unjustly the last couple of weeks, and that's Tyrod Taylor of Buffalo. Uh, this is nonsense talking about taking away his starting gig, and you know ESPN's Mike Rodak says that that he's going to obviously get an extension here for at least another week. I don't think that the, you know, they're six and seven. It's not his fault. It's you know he's he's gone under two hundred yards. I know what in three out of four since the bye, but got back on track a little bit playing from behind against Pittsburgh. Still very mobile. Still leads the NFL in rushing yards for a quarterback. They're at home. They're playing against a Browns team that has struggled. They're playing for their playoff lives as 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 thin of a chance as that may be. But. Go ahead and give me Tyrod Taylor in a bounce-back week, a big bounce-back week this week against some beatable opponents in the Browns. All right, that just about does it for us. want to thank the sponsors, North End Subaru and Mazda. We appreciate them. Check out their holiday sales at their website, buynorthend.com. For Ryan Storrs, I'm Nick and Asta saying so long. The Sunday sit-down with Jared Scaley is coming up next. This has been the Fantasy Champion Show, presented by North End Subaru and Mazda. They're on ESPN New Hampshire. Tune in and ESPNNHradio.com. Congratulations, you made it. You made it. That's right, you self-created. Out of millions of sperm cells, you made it. You fertilized the egg, man, you made it. You made it first. Then you made it through childbirth. Then you made it home when you opened your eye first. You made it. People happy that you made it. They elated. You newly created. You made it. First day of school, you made it. First grade, second grade, third grade, fourth grade, you made it. Into your teenage years, man, you made it. Your dreams, plans, life goals, you made it. Wrote it down, then you stayed it. I'm self-created. All the right choices, you made it. The money in your pocket, you made it. You never waited, never hesitated. Your magical life, you would never trade it for nothing, man, you